Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So we are jumping back into this, to the uh, uh, series that we started or I started about probably six, seven weeks ago called The Gift. Um, we will wrap it up next week. So we've got this one and one more. Okay, this one and one more. Next week is, uh, has it been to your advantage? So we're going we're gonna to unpack that, okay? Uh, today, um, simply call today's message, Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. What I want to do before I jump too far into it is um, I want to kind of go back and um, kind of walk us through how we got here. And I've had some uh, questions along the series, newer wood, and that's good. And what I wanted to do is I, is I kind of unpacked them week by week. I, I knew there would be a time where I kind of wanted to go back and visit some of the things and some of the questions. So I will do that in just a little bit as we go. The series, The Gift, it is on the Holy Spirit. I chose it because growing up, I didn't hear much about the Holy Spirit. And what I heard about the Holy Spirit I probably shouldn't have heard about the Holy Spirit, okay? It's as simple as that. And so I I chose to do it by answering some questions or looking at some questions. Uh, We began by looking at the question, who is he? Who is he? And that's a very important question to look at because it's important for us to understand that he is not in it, okay? Who is the Holy Spirit, Okay, we looked at, secondly, is he a person? Is he a person? Now, the Holy Spirit is God. We can go ahead and just seal the deal. It's God. It's the third head of the Trinity, my friends. Uh, Somebody once said, what is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is the third in the Trinity, but he could easily be called the, the, the forgotten, the unspoken. And that's kind of true. You don't hear much about the Father, the Son, but boy, you don't hear much about the Holy Spirit. And so is he a person? And I talked about how important it is for us to come to terms with that question. Okay, is he a person? Not officially a person because he's God, but he's, what I wanted to emphasize in that is he's not an it. He's not just a force. He's not, a, he's not something that we can't get acquainted with or be a part of or nothing. He is the person of God. He is the third head of the Trinity. And he is left here for our advantage. So he is a person. We can't have a personal relationship with something that isn't it. Okay. Uh, next we looked at, is he Pentecostal? Is he Pentecostal? Um, we looked at that because there's a bad connotation that goes with that, okay? Is he Pentecostal? I've, you know, you've heard about them, okay? But what I wanted to do is not, 
a lot of people look at Pentecostal the kind of the same way they look at the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, we've heard some stuff about them. And that's how people do the Holy Spirit. Well, I've heard some stuff about the Holy Spirit. I know you have. So have I, okay? Uh, and so I kind of unpacked that a little bit. Next, we went to can I experience Pentecost? Because that's a big deal. Can I experience the Holy Spirit today? Because I wasn't born at Pentecost. I wasn't alive at Pentecost. And when I, in Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit fell. So today, can you experience the Holy Spirit? Meaning, can the Holy Spirit, Spirit fall fresh on you today? Yes. Yes, it can. So then we jumped in to, to part one and part two of does he baptize? Part one, we looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit baptizes us in the Jesus. That is salvation. That we, are get, we get saved. Uh, there is a baptism of salvation when the blood of Christ is poured over us and our sins are forgiven and we're born again. We're, we're, we're made new in Christ. Second baptism is the water baptism that we get after we get saved. You get saved Okay, you become a believer, you're born again, you follow the Lord in believer's baptism, okay? And so we talked about the water baptism. Number one, uh, the baptism of uh, when, 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 when the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus' salvation. Number two, when the disciple baptizes us in the, the water, in the Holy Spirit. And so the last one we looked at, part two, that was two weeks ago, we looked at the Holy Spirit. I mean, Jesus baptized us in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to break that down some more this week, okay, because a lot of people had a lot of questions that came out of that, and we'll walk through that a little bit too. So we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the immersion in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and being empowered in the Holy Spirit. Now, all four of those you've heard before, okay? Now, a lot of people have a tough time with saying the word baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what we do is we say we've been filled with the Holy Spirit because that's what I did all my life, okay? We have a bad connotation of that, okay? And so you can call it the bad, you can call it baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can call it immersed in the Holy Spirit. You can call it filled in the Holy Spirit. You can call it empowered with the Holy Spirit. I don't care what you call it. Just get it, all right? Just get it, all right? The problem is, if we get hung up on these little words and trying to define them and trying to make them fit our life and fit how we grew up and make us feel uncomfortable, we're going to miss the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. As a born-again child of the King, you better get in on the Holy Spirit or you're going you're to have a tough time out there. You're going to have a tough time. So... It really doesn't bother me how you phrase it because some people are like, I cannot call it baptism in the Holy Spirit because that sounds so charismatic. Okay, well, don't say that then. Okay, don't. Say immersed in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he came out of the water, Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit, like a dove, fell on Jesus. Okay? fell on him, immersed him, covered him, uh, lapped over him, whatever you want to call it. I know this. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I know this. If Jesus needed that Holy Spirit all over him when he walked, how much more do you and I need it? How much more do you and I need it? All I'm saying to you is this, as a church and as an individual, there better be a time 
that you absolutely, absolutely ask the Holy Spirit to take over your life. Quit giving him the broom closet and give him permission to move all over he, everywhere he wants to. Because a lot of people have him in a little bitty tight spot. And as long as he stays there, they're fine. But if he ever came out, they're afraid. Okay? Don't be afraid. If it comes from Jesus, don't ever be afraid. Don't ever be afraid. Okay? Let me say this. You receive Jesus Christ as your Savior by faith. Anybody have a problem with that? I, that's how you get there. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior by faith. By faith. I ask Him to save me. You receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the immersion in the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit by faith. By faith. I mean, absolutely, you receive both the same way. You receive them both the same way. Revelations 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, I will come in and I will sup with them. I will have fellowship with them. Listen to me. The day the Holy Spirit drew you to Jesus, okay, and he began to knock on your heart, he wanted you to open up that doorknob that only has the inside, that only has on the inside. He wanted you to open that door and invite him to come inside of you. So we say, Jesus came inside my heart and he lives inside of me. Yes. Well, the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart, but now he's knocking on your life. He is saying, will you open up your life and will you let me come in and take over your life? Let me just do all that I want to do in and through you. Let me do it. And by faith, by faith, you get there. So let me, answer, let me ask you or let me answer four questions that I have received over the last six weeks. Some of these on multiple occasions, some of those just a couple of times. So my thought is, if I get that question outside of church, I probably have that question inside of church, okay? Some of you are like, I don't know if I should bother Pastor Jeff with this question. Well, somebody else did, so let me share some of those with you, okay? Question number one I got was, is it another physical baptism? Is a baptism in the Holy Spirit another physical baptism? The simple answer to that is no. It is not another physical baptism. It's not a physical baptism, my friend. It's not. It's not like... Well, Jeff said that I need to be baptized again, so does that mean my first baptism was just pointless? No. Your first baptism was gorgeous because it modeled Jesus, because it's the same one Jesus did when he got, came. When, when Jesus let John the Baptist baptize him, Jesus says, do likewise, follow me. It's not, a, it's not another baptism. It's not another baptism, okay? It's not another baptism. Question two I got was, will I speak in tongues or get my prayer language <laughs> well, I speak in tongue, I'll get my prayer language. L let me give you a real deep answer to that. Maybe. Let me give you the second part of that. Maybe not. I don't know. It's not up to me. It's up to God. 
It's not up to you. You couldn't stop it if you got it. It, listen to me, that is, not, that is not the big sign that you are truly filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I just go ahead and tell you that there is absolutely no way that just because you do or just because you don't speak in tongues makes you more of a hierarchy in the Spirit-filled believer. That's a bull. Listen to me. The gifts were not given to exalt you. And I'm going to tell you, as soon as you take that gift that didn't come from you nor made by you, and you exalt yourself, whoo, them some bad tennis shoes to lace up, my friend. Them some bad ones. The only reason we have the gifts is for the edification and the exalting of the church. Don't let something that came from God that he gave you hurt the body of Christ. And don't ever think just because you have your prayer language or speaking tongues and someone else doesn't, that you're somehow a little higher up. You're not higher up. You're not. And if you think you are, shame on you. You need to humble yourself under the mighty name of Jesus and realize there is only one name that's above every name, and it's not your name. And his name is Jesus. Listen to me. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, totally filled up. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. You can be immersed in the Holy Spirit of God. You can be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And you may or may not get tongues. I am, and I don't speak in tongues. You say, well, do you want to? Heck yeah, I want to. Came from God, didn't it? If it came from God, would you not want it? Well, God, I want everything you got because, you know... Sometimes you're a bad guy. He's a good God. If I get him, bless Jesus. If I don't, bless Jesus. I'm not worried about it. It doesn't make me or break me. It does, it's not a big deal. I don't care. I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me. If I'm praying with someone, someone else is praying in tongues, I go, man, I wish I could pray in tongues. I'm, I'm just a sorry servant. God don't trust me with it. He won't even give it to me. I'm just doing it. What? Who am I talking to? I'm talking to the enemy. He's whipping my tail. Listen to me, it don't bother me if someone prays in tongues. It doesn't bother me if somebody has tongues. Bless Jesus, they have tongues. But that's not a prerequisite. It can be a benefit, but it's not a requirement. It's not a, I mean, it doesn't mean you do or you don't. It doesn't mean that you've arrived. You've arrived when you accepted Jesus Christ, your Savior and Lord. You got, you got it all, my friend. You got it all. And don't let, do not let the gifts divide. Don't. They were not there to divide. They were given and entrusted for the unification and the unity of the body of Christ. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Question three I got was, does someone need to lay hands on me so that I can receive the filling of the Holy Spirit? Simple answer, no. Simple answer, no. Well, you did, preacher. Mm-hmm. I was standing right there with my sweet wife. Here, let me tell you, there's two reasons why I did that. Two reasons why we did that, okay? Well, let me say there's two reasons why I did that. I'm not sure I can speak for her on that, but I think I can. Number one, I did it the way I did that. I went to a couple's house, and I had them lay hands on us and pray for us that we received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I did that, okay, for two reasons. Number one, I did it for accountability. You see, 
Sometimes we make commitments to Christ real secretly. They last about that long too. And sometimes we make commitments and other people see it. And we know they saw it. And it kind of helps keep us accountable. Because see, this thing called the Christian life is not for Lone Rangers. Because the Lone Ranger, he even had Tonto. Okay? You better do this thing called life with somebody. And you better have a brother or a sister that can walk up to you and say, dude, that's not how you treat your wife. That's not how Jesus would treat the church. What's wrong with you? You're quenching the spirit in your own life when you do that. Okay. I need that. I need somebody to speak that into me. So I went, we went to someone to do that. There's a biblical model for both, don't worry. All right? We went because there we had accountability. We were with someone. Secondly, remember, all my life, my upbringing and my religious background, I, I can honestly tell you I played it pretty safe. This right here was a massive step for me. I did that because I needed to do that. Could I have done it differently? Oh, yeah, I could have done it differently. Would it have had the same impact? Absolutely, yes. But see, me doing that was a pretty good step for a little tight, squeaky Baptist boy. Okay? And I did that because it helped me surrender. It helped me get over myself over my religious upbringing, over my religious background, over all that stuff. All I needed to do it because I, out of these lips, talked about the people who did that. And I basically, without doing it, thought I was better and more normal than the crazy people. So I kind of needed to do it so that I could, I guess I could identify with crazy because how am I going to pastor everybody that smells like me and looks like me, thinks like me, breathes like me? I need to be able to pastor crazy. I need to be able to pastor lazy. And so for me to be a pastor, I needed to do that. And that's why I chose to do it the way I did it. Now, I told that two weeks ago. And then you remember the way I did the invitation. I asked you if you wanted to be filled, immersed, and baptized in the Holy Spirit to do what? To stand. Did I ask you to find someone to lay hands on you and pray that? No. I asked you to pray yourself, didn't I? I did. And the reason I did that is because I wanted you to see both models. You can choose to do it with somebody, or you can do it right by yourself. Because listen to me. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you got all the Holy Spirit you wanted that came inside of you. Okay? Every bit of it. So you can do it all by yourself. You don't need nobody around. And I'm going to say this to you. It's not a one and done because there are days, okay, weeks that are hard and I get pulled and I get drained and I'm pretty empty and I sit down to prepare a message and I'm kind of stuck. You know what I do? I have to break away and go, God, I'm asking you to feel me fresh. I'm asking you to feel me again. I'm drained. I'm empty. I'm on autopilot. I don't want to pastor on autopilot. I want to pastor in your spirit and your presence. 
And God, I'm asking you for a fresh filling, a fresh baptism, a fresh immersion, a fresh filling, a fresh empowering of the Holy Spirit of God. Fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. God, I want, to, I want all of you. All of you. And you know what happens every time? He is faithful, and he does that. Because I can't do this thing without it. Can't do it. So then I got this question. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? That's a really good question. I'm going to give you what I think is a really, really, really good answer. If you want to sum up the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the immersion in the Holy Spirit, the filling in the Holy Spirit, and the empowering in the Holy Spirit, you can sum it up with this phrase right here. If you're taking notes, you need to write this. What is the baptism, immersion, the filling, empowering in the Holy Spirit? It's simply this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not Jeff getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit getting more of Jeff. That's it. You see, it's not me getting more. I couldn't get more. I got all I could handle at the day of salvation. I am filled up at salvation. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. I, the Holy Spirit took residence in me. It is, my, it is the deposit guaranteeing my inheritance for the kingdom. You can't get any more Holy Spirit than you got the day you died yourself and you were born again. He raised you up. You've got filled with the Holy Spirit right there. But how much Holy Spirit, how much of me did the Holy Spirit get? You know what happens to me when I get in on the Holy Spirit? Man, I, man it's, it's incredible. And so it's not about me getting more. It's about, it's, a, it's, it's about the Holy Spirit getting more of me. That's what it is. But can I tell you, that's what scares the heck out of a lot of people. That's where it stops right there. That's why they won't do it. That's why they don't want any of that. Because they, as soon as you say it's about, it's about the Holy Spirit getting more of me, you're like, uh-oh, I'll be out of control. I'll be out of control. I might look like them. I might get labeled them. I might raise my hand. I might speak in tongues. Oh, my gosh. They don't, so they don't do anything. They don't want to take that chance. Play it safe. Keep them there. So fear comes up. They're scared. They're uneasy. They're unsure. You see, for me as the pastor of the church in Bushland, I got people over here on one side that they get absolutely nervous in their seat if they hear the word Holy Spirit. I got some over here on this side, you could say it every other word and it still wouldn't be enough. I'm serious. They can't get enough. You know what my beautiful, wonderful job is? To drive that ship and balance those two people. Anybody want to sign up for that? Yep, it's about that easy. So, listen to me. It's very hard, but here's the deal. Do you not talk about the Holy Spirit of God because, oh, it could bother some over here or not satisfy some over here? No, you got to talk about the Holy Spirit as a pastor because the Holy Spirit is all the church has got. It's all it's got. It don't have any power outside the Holy Spirit of God. You might think, well, just because you're a member, that made us more powerful than we could have been. Pfft. No, you're sweet, beautiful, wonderful, and you're as handsome as you think you are, but we still need the Holy Spirit more than you, okay? 
The Holy Spirit is all the church has got. It's got to be talked about. It's got to be experienced. It's got to be a part of the church. If not, the church has no power. None. And how many people want to go to a church that has no power? I absolutely get real uncomfortable when I can go to church and predict everything that's going to happen from start to finish. That's just the saddest thing I've ever experienced in my life. And you know what? Most of the people at the church can predict it also. That's why they sleep when they sleep and when they're awake when they're awake. I want to absolutely see something new, fresh, and incredible every time the church gathers. And I want the church to do it. And I want the Holy Spirit to be the driving force behind it. It's a beautiful thing. Do not let the Holy Spirit, do not let the Holy Spirit pass you by without getting in on it. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit in you when you get saved. You do. I am not refusing that. But there's going to have to become a time in your life where you absolutely say these words, come Holy Spirit. Take over. I can't be the daddy. I can't be the husband. I can't be the man I want to be. I can't be the mommy. I can't be the wife. I can't be the lady that you want me to be. I absolutely need you, Holy Spirit, to take over my life. In whatever form and fashion that comes in, you have to do that. Because when the little church gets in on the power and we show up to the building where everybody gathers called the church, then the big church is empowered. But if the little church never gets in on the power, the big church never has power. And if the big church doesn't have power, it's a sad shame. Because Jesus said, I'm going to leave something for you. I'm going to leave something for you. And I don't want to go too much into next week, but it will be to your advantage. It'll be to your advantage. So the phrase, come Holy Spirit. When we hear that, here's what we think. I thought he was already here. We're at church. (laughs) Yeah. How many churches have you been to that you didn't even know if the Holy Spirit even came? See, I said in my prayer, you don't have to come, but you do. Can I say this to you? It's one of the greatest privileges this side of heaven that we have is when the Holy Spirit chooses to come and move. It's kind of like this. If we had a guest speaker in the room, and he was sitting down here in the front, the guest speaker's in the room. But see, he doesn't do anything sitting down here. But when I, as a senior pastor introduce the guest speaker, and I simply say these words, come and speak. Come and speak. Come and share. We invite him to come and speak directly. So what if the Holy Spirit is seated, and I as a senior pastor stand and say, We have a special guest speaker today. It is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Speak. 
Or maybe you've heard this phrase. Holy Spirit, you got the mic. You got the mic, man. You got the power of the mic. You can say whatever, however, whenever, as long as you want. The senior pastor of the church, not that I have to grant you permission, has welcomed you to the stage to speak. More or less, let me share how it really goes. The Father allows the Holy Spirit to come. And the Holy Spirit will not say anything that the Father, that he hadn't heard the Father say. So when we say, come Holy Spirit, we allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak into our lives. Have you ever in your whole entire life invited the Holy Spirit as the guest speaker into your life? Have you sat down in your quiet little spot with a cup of coffee and without a word, without a prayer, or a journal, or a devotional, or anything. You just simply said, come Holy Spirit, come. You got the mic. If you say it, you're right. If you see it, you're right. If you convict me, I'm okay. I will do something with what you say. If you point something out, or want me to see something, or want me to say something, or want me to do something, then I will agree. Because I think it's wise to agree with God. And God is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit, you have to remember, Jesus knocked at your heart. Because he's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is the same gentleman. He wants to be a part of your life, and he wants to come in and do in your life what you could ever think or imagine. He wants the mic to speak into your life, but you will not let him. And he will not tread where he's not welcome. Listen to me. There's a lot of churches he would like to get in, but they don't really want him in there. Is your life the same? I had to ask myself, as a senior pastor, Holy Spirit, come. You really want me to come? Because if I come, I'm not going to your church. I'm going to you first. <laughs> well, I want you to come to my church. Oh, I'll come to your church. I'm going to come in your study first. I'm going to sit on your couch first. I'm going to sit in your lap first. I'm going to hang out in your Jeep first. Well, that's not what I had in mind. I know it's not what you had in mind but I got the mic. And so this is where I'm going to spend my time. And when he starts to point things out and say things, I got a couple of choices. I can say, oh, no, 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 no. You got the wrong person. Or I got to remember who I'm talking to and go, yeah, you got the right person. Listen to me. Come Holy Spirit, speak. Come Holy Spirit, speak. Last thing and we're done. The greatest thing, the greatest thing is for us as people, us as individuals, to hear God's voice. It should be as normal for the believer to hear the voice of God 
as it is for us to breathe. That's how normal it should be. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 8, 47 says this, He who, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Those aren't nice. They're just flat out not nice. But the Holy Spirit has the mic. John 16, 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit wants to speak. The question is, do you want Him to speak? And will you let Him speak? I in no way want you to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Embrace the Holy Spirit. It lives in you. Let it, let it take over you. Let it amaze you. Let it do more in and through you than you could ever think or imagine. And if you want to call it baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you want to call it immersion in the Holy Spirit, if you want to call it filled in the Holy Spirit, if you want to call it empowered in the Holy Spirit, that is all beautiful, wonderful, and awesome. But all I'm saying is, you better call it one of the four, and you better do it, because you're not going to understand the power that lives inside of you until you do it. Let it guide you into all truth. Let it show you things you can't see. Let it exalt himself in and through you, and let you say as Moses said, God, what will distinguish me what will distinguish my church from all the other people groups, from all the other churches on the face of the earth in your presence? Don't send us up from here without your presence. Don't send us up from this church seat and out those doors without the Holy Spirit taking over and controlling our lives. And then Moses said these words, show me your glory. May you see the glory of God in your own life. Let him blow you away. Let him give you a word for somebody. Let him show you somebody he wants you to walk up to and pray. Let him give you a passage of script for somebody, and when you share it to him, they turn around and go, wow, how'd you know that? I read that this morning. First time that happens to you, that'll mess you up, all right? But only bus can do that, the Holy Spirit. As we move to a time of invitation, I want you to take one question with you, the invitation. As the praise team comes, as the altar ministry team comes, I want you to hear one, just one question. What, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's the Holy Spirit saying today? 
What's the Holy Spirit saying today? What's the Holy Spirit saying today to you? That and that alone is what I want you to respond to. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to us. Thank you. Father, the enemy has worked overtime with the Holy Spirit to corrupt it, to twist it, to confuse people, to mess them up, to divide the body, to divide people, divide churches, divide denominations, divide the country, divide, he divides everything. And he's used it by twisting the word of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that we at the Church of Bushland will embrace the Holy Spirit of God, all that it has, and never let it be a tool of division, but let it be a tool of unification. Let it always make us stronger. May it always make us more like you. May it make us more like Jesus every time we meet because we welcome the Holy Spirit. And Father, this morning, if there's someone here at the sound of my voice that the Holy Spirit is knocking on their heart, God, I pray that they would open their heart and invite you in. If there's people here this morning that says, I, I know the Holy Spirit lives in me, but I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I want the Holy Spirit's power to empower me and take over me. And I want, I want all that God has for me. If the Holy Spirit's knocking on your life to come in and take over, let him, let him. If you're sitting here this morning as a family saying, I'm looking for a church, this church right here is my home. And I haven't officially made it my home, but I want to this morning. You come this morning. Father, this morning, direct your people to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying in their life. And may you be honored. May you be glorified. May you be exalted this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.